Welcome to Creative Survival Podcast slash Art Grind. That's um, right, folks. Guys, who'd you have on this time? So this is the last of the Creative Survival episodes that Marshall was invited to. Uh, what we uh, so um, hate to see you go. Love to watch you leave. Creative Survival. Yeah, I actually had these really cool album covers for it, and I actually put some time into making those, and they all. They're, they're, they'll never be seen. Let's actually let's make Marshall feel feel some FOMO for the last time here. So we were having caviar and mascarpone sandwiches. Was that it? That's right. So little little known fact: the guy that created the word FOMO actually wrote the first review of one of the shows that me and Tan curated, like the really? first review we've ever had. This guy named Patrick McGinnis. Oh, uh, I think no I picked way. him up at an opening somewhere and convinced cool. him that we were the next, uh, the next big thing. Uh, or actually, what I told him was, there will be a lot of attractive single women. You better show up to this. But um, <laughs> um, back there were when, some. Yeah, back when he was at Harvard, he um, he he wrote he wrote a paper for you know whatever the Harvard newspaper is. You know, he he wrote an essay about um, you know the fear of missing out, and he coined the word FOMO. That's really? Amazing. Yes. Interesting. And he's from Westbeth, I believe. Is he? No, no, different guy. You're, you're thinking about that that very inebriated man. Okay, our second review. Ah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. The first one was a very inebriated man. The, 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 first, the first one was probably the drunkest reviewer that I've ever seen. <laughs> he rode off from the opening carrying a glass of wine in one hand on his bicycle right. and like kind of weaving through the Upper West Side. It's just like, I hope he lives. I really hope he, you know. I, I hope he lives. We really need this review. We need to get more we need to get him on more shows i like that idea a roving drunk reviewer yeah it's good um, but in any case along with the caviar sandwiches we had guno park who is kind of one of my sketchbook role models ton Marsh. this guy uh, is excellent. amazing yeah Brothers. this guy just i know rides the subway and draws people in a way that i've always wanted to try and never quite match every time i see a sketchbook i'm like i've got to go home and draw more yeah, um, he's really incredible yeah and and also really interesting really really humble person enjoy guno park enjoy All guys right. Um, this is Creative Survival Podcast, and we are here today with Guno Park. Um, and Guno has one of the most amazing kind of sketchbook practices um, ever. He also stalks people on the subway to you know like to draw their portraits. Uh, um, and Guno has suggested that we all draw while recording. Which uh, yep, I'm drawing which, which, Guno right now. Nice. Um, He's wearing a funky red hat. Nice. Um, and good as this is Tanya. This is my lucky red hat. I'm Dina oh, Brodsky. I'm not drawing. Uh, I'm not drawing. I'm too nervous to draw and talk. We are also eating caviar and. We're eating caviar. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're fancy tonight. All right. So, Guno, welcome. And can, can you just you. T- t- tell, us, tell us a little bit, a bit about Thank yourself? You. The, um, um, you know, kind of, kind of what. What, what do you do with your life? <laughs> what do I do with my life? Um, like we, we okay. know your art is amazing, but um, can, can you just explain yourself? <laughs> uh, what more can I say? Um, okay, what should I say? Um, my name is Guno Park. Should I say that? <laughs> you can't say that. Um, <laughs> I'm an artist. I draw. I also teach drawing. Um, I've moved to New York for school uh, in 2009. I've been here ever since. 
Yeah, you moved from Canada. From Toronto. Toronto. Yep. I grew up there. So, so how did you start drawing? Like, how, how did you kind of... So, so, so Guna is one of... So Guna I've been hugely, hugely jealous of for over a decade now because he's jealous. made his... Yes. Because <laughs> um, he, he's made his sketchbook kind of, you know, like his, his sketchbook kind of the, like the main focus of his practice, which I was always too much of a coward to do. Like, I always felt like I, you know, like, like I always felt like my sketchbook drawings were never good enough and I need to, you what? know, I need to make... Go go take them and make something more finished. But Guno's sketchbooks were so beautiful that actually kind of became your focus. So wow. how, how did you how did you find this? <laughs> wow, that wow, you make you make your process seem like you have you have some of the most beautiful sketchbooks that I've ever seen. Uh, well, and so you're one of the people who I right them. back at you. I think <laughs> I look at your little drawings and little paintings, and those I think are really inspiring. Um, but sketchbook that's what happens when you uh, start going to school and you see you know how you it's, it's kind of how you get to know each other uh, like your fellow students is you check out each other's sketchbooks that's right actually that, that, you know. that used to be my kind of opening line yeah. and, and grab, can I see your sketchbook show me your sketchbook yeah. and you basically make your entire judgment about that person exactly yeah them. and you know what it's actually pretty accurate <laughs> <laughs> you know as long as the sketchbook is like filled up and there's stuff in it it's pretty accurate to see what kind of person this is I, Absolutely. and I started doing that back in college like my first college years when I was like 18 years really? old, I guess, 19 years old. Um, which, uh, which college was this? This is uh, Sheridan College. Sheridan College, right. In, um, just outside of Toronto. And, you know, growing up, I went to school for art, like an art central junior high school, an art central, like art centric high school. Wow. And That's so, throughout my junior high school years and high school years, I always um, had sketchbooks. Um, partly because I had art class every day of the school year. And then during the summers, I had to have private, you know, artists. My, my parents had some friends that um, are artists, and I would go over to their place or go drive somewhere with them, you know, up in Ontario somewhere and just sit outside and draw with them and paint yeah. with them. That's amazing. So, You're yeah. like an since, early adopter. Since, yeah, yeah, since I was like, uh, probably like freshman, high school. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I take it your, your parents, uh, like it seems like you grew up in an environment where your parents weren't like, hey, Guno, this is just for fun, but are you going to be an engineer or computer scientist? Like it seems like for, for you, art and kind of where you grew up, art, the possibility of making art for a living was, was kind of was real. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. It, the environment was provided for me. Uh, it was comfortable to, to make art growing up. It wasn't something that I felt guilty about. Uh, it was all, but, but it was also not something that was praised, really. Yeah. Really? Interesting. No. So it was just kind of taken for granted an, that you're doing, you know, this is what you're doing. In a way, kind of grant, kind of taken for granted, but it seemed like a very, just like, oh yeah, that's something you can do. That's something you do. 
That's different from a lot of uh, people's experiences because yeah. they only find out much later that it's actually a profession, a professional thing right. that you could pursue. Right. So you already knew this. Uh, I no, I didn't know that. Um, no, I didn't no, know that. No, no, no. It seemed like he was, he just he was just kind of organically somewhat encouraged to draw, not discouraged. You know that. Yeah. I wasn't discouraged to draw. I was actually I was I mean I was encouraged to draw, but we never really talked about it too much. Mm. My grandfather um, on my mother on my mom's side mm-hmm. was, and he still is a uh, an artist. Oh, He's okay. a calligraphy artist in wow. Korea. He's ninety, early nineties, right? I think he's ninety-two years old now. Wow! That's and he still amazing. does it. And he's actually fairly established in that um, field of art, you know, calligraphy. Is that something that attracted you to this no. sort of format? Or not at all. I mean, that's something that we all do as Korean kids going to school. Because I was. Yeah, I was nine years old when we moved to Canada. Oh, so yeah, I went to up until I was in grade four. I was in Korea. Oh wow! Okay. So even then, I remember learning with a brush calligraphy. You know, at at school with like we had to like grind our own stone to make ink. No way. Yeah, for like thirty minutes, the teacher would say, "Don't stop for thirty minutes." What? Oh, <laughs> like I'm like that. eight years old. Yeah, and you're making me How grind you... the stone. That's <laughs> it's funny, Guna, because I moved from I moved from Belarus at about the same you know mm-hmm. at, at the at the same age as you moved from from Korea, yeah. and um, all they encouraged us to do was uh, yeah. praise pra- you know uh, praise communism and praise salute, salute. It was Lenin, but oh, you know, Lenin, so yeah. salute, salute the flag. I mean, right. and, but, yeah, um, interesting you know thing to do when you're when yeah, you're seven, um, eight year old kid you know and it, it just it, it sounds so different from from my childhood that is crazy but, um, that is crazy um but in a way same thing like um you know i i got put into church as a kid so church was a big part of growing up um i don't know how i don't know why i just always related everything about my life to drawing because i just love drawing are you religious or I wouldn't say I'm religious so much anymore, mm-hmm. but I grew up very religious, um, and I went to church every Sunday, sometimes more than once a week. I led the church um, band for a long time. <laughs> really? Yeah. What did you play? You know, I'm playing I hit. played guitar. <laughs> really? And I sang, yeah. What? So, yeah. um... But For so, almost ten years, I did that at church. So, wow. so Guna, I've known, you, I, I've known know. you. No. <laughs> no, I, I've known you for probably about ten years now, yeah. and um, I've just found out like four new things. About you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really glad we're doing this podcast. Yeah, me so too. Me to too. actually know you better. It than, definitely has, you know, obviously a huge influence in my life and who I am. Yeah. Church, um, but like I said. Drawing was always my s- uh, spiritual outlet. I don't know. If, I, if, if, if ever I thought deeply about life, mm. um, of course I thought deeply about life at church. Right. Um, but I, th- I don't think as close as how deep I, 
have thought about life and, and thinking about life through drawing, you know? Because it makes you examine things. Because it exa- like yeah, deeper. because it makes me examine things, first of all, but it also makes me examine myself in, re- in reflection to the things that I'm mm. drawing. <laughs> Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it, and it, to the it, world. It, it absolutely does. Yeah. Um, I, I think as, as artists, like, that is how we kind of, that, that is how we find our place in the universe. We draw something, and that helps yeah. us understand it. And that helps, at least for, for me, I feel like I own a little little bit of that day. You know, if, mm-hmm. I, if I drew something, then, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, like, I, I get to keep that. Like, I, I get to keep, whatever, you know, the thing I saw and the sun, like, the way the sun was and yeah, the way yeah. the light hit that tree. Yeah, and you get to build on that and keep building on that. And you grow as a, as a human being through each, each, through each line, basically, you know? Um, or, I like that. That's very poetic. Growing <laughs> through each line. Yeah, yeah. Every line. That's why the line is such a... Because every second, every minute is another line, you know, is another area on a surface um, where you can leave so, something behind, you know. So yeah. for, uh, you know, no, no one can really see this because it's a podcast, but both uh, Tan and Guno now have basically have a portrait sketch, I think, of each other. <laughs> yeah. but, um, we don't this is actually off. not Tan. <laughs> yeah. I am and drawing his sort of uh, um, head angle, he's, but he's this totally bald, doesn't yeah, look the, like <laughs> Tan, so it's not Tan. <laughs> Okay, so um, you and and I take it you went on to study art in, in at yeah, university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my my mostly my mom saw that I liked it and that I was doing it probably, you know, fairly well because she decided to put me into art school. Even when I was in kindergarten, actually, my aunt was the art teacher at my kindergarten. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was a, a walk. This was in Seoul, uh, at a neighborhood in a neighborhood called um, Anamdong, and it's like a really university sort of town. And there's a lot of, uh, I guess, at the time there were a lot of um, families with homes with kids. There's a lot of schools around there. There's like a Buddhist temple up the street. So it was like a really like a nice little walking neighborhood. And so I would walk to kindergarten, or maybe be, I don't know, yeah, probably walk to kindergarten with my aunt in the morning when she went to work. I would go through the whole day, and then at the end of the day, all the kids would leave, and she would have to um, like clean up and organize the, the kindergarten. Right. And she would just throw me like all these big pieces of paper and some paint and some like crayons, and while I would wait for her to finish cleaning up, I would just be on the floor drawing. I, I remember that memory. I don't remember too much from that age, you know? At like five, six, I guess, four, mm-hmm. five. Yeah, but you, but you remember drawing. But I remember that. And I even remember what I drew. Really? So, yeah. so what wow. was it? I mean, one of the big ones that I drew, I remember, was a big scene of, a, of like harvest time. In, in the Korean, like, farmland with, like, this hut in the middle of the farm with, like, fields of, like, fruit and, like, all this stuff growing, like pumpkins and, like, a donkey or a horse pulling <laughs> a cart with, like, stuff on it. And I colored it all in with, like, uh, with the crepas. 
I don't know if you guys know what that is. Crepas. No. Crayon, yeah, pastel. Crepas. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got, I spent a lot of my day crepas, around right. crepas. Yeah, I <laughs> love crepas, man. It's a halfway thing between a crayon and a pastel. So it's oily, a little bit sticky, Yeah. but it's soft. Um, so it's, it's, not, it's actually it's much nicer to draw with than, than crayons it. are. Yeah. yeah, crayons are hard. Right. You know? and, and they, they break. They break um, a lot. But these things, even if it breaks, you can just keep using it and like smush it with your hand if it gets warm. So it's perfect for kids. It's really cool. Really cool. Yeah, and it's like non-toxic. I hope it was non-toxic. <laughs> I, I think they make them non-toxic. Now. Yeah. So I remember Crepas. And uh, so anyways. Um, so yeah. skipping, skipping, ahead, uh, skipping ahead a bit, um, you go to university. Yes. Um, you study art, and do you think at this point that you're going to become an artist, or? Well, um, the first thing that I studied was actually animation. Okay, you so guys you knew that, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but everyone so listening doesn't. What, uh. what made you choose that out of from you know? Because that's it. Because that's where everyone who's any good goes at university. I they, think they, they take a foundation art class, and then like basically anyone who's any good goes into animation and architecture. That yeah, <laughs> architecture or industrial design. Um, yeah, I actually went to industrial design school for a semester because I didn't get into Sheridan College for, an, for the animation program. Animation's hard, man. For the first time I tried, I, I didn't make it. Really? And I was so devastated because for some reason that was my goal in life was to go to that school. You already knew at that time. Yeah. Like, you're gonna well, them. yeah, at the, at the high school I was at, this guy, Aubrey, mm-hmm. uh, he went to my high school right. and then went on to Sheridan College to do animation. And then he went on to do great things, like awesome projects. It was like exciting to hear about like Hollywood stories about him working on movies and stuff. Ah, so cool. We were like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> you got to do that. that. <laughs> I, I, I want to be, be that guy. Yeah. I want to work on Star Wars. Yeah. You know? And... So he came back, while he was in, in school at Sheridan, he came back to our high school to give a little presentation about, hey, this is what Sheridan, this is what college is like. Right. This is what Sheridan College is like. You're going to be working on Star Wars showed if you us, go here. <laughs> yeah, showed us so all this cool. work that he's, he was doing, life drawings that he's been doing, and we were like, oh, I love, because I had started doing life drawing fairly recently right. before he came into the talk, like, when I was like, in 10th grade or something, we started life drawing. We were like, oh, this is so fun. This is so hard. And then he comes back and starts showing us all these life drawings from animation program. And they're so good. Yeah. We're like, oh, my God, these are so good. How do you draw like this? And so we, when we got, that was like the seed that planted in my mind. I was like, I have to go to that school. That's a pretty good seed. Yeah. And then I tried. Yeah. Didn't get in. And then I had a backup application that I put into an industrial design program, got into that. That kind of made me feel like, oh, this program isn't very hard to get into, like, pro- it seems like. Because right. I didn't make it there, but I made it here. Yeah. But I went anyways. Right. Because I thought I would learn. I would do some, you know, foundation stuff. I'll learn something. Yeah. And in the, during the first semester, um, I learned a lot, uh, drew a lot. They actually had life drawing at that industrial really? design school, which That's I was impressed very with. That's rare. Yeah. Because industrial design, they, they teach you how to draw things three-dimensionally. Yeah, yeah. We had that class, too. We had a right. class where he said, the teacher said, okay, uh, here's a blank piece of paper. 
blank, blank piece of paper, eight and a half by 11. And he said, take a ballpoint pen out mm -hmm. and draw as many straight lines on that piece of paper going sideways <sighs> from the top That's to the cool. bottom. Yeah. It's like, what? And so we just, and he said, get up from your seat and, and do it, like looking so that your whole arm is moving. So that was like where I was like, oh, this is how you make a straight line. Yeah. And then we used that method to like start designing, like drawing perspective and drawing all this stuff. Yep. Uh, but then that, you know, those life drawings just kept, you know, ringing <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Those shared in the animation life drawings it looked so fluid and so much it had so and, much life to it. And, you know? and yeah. also Star Wars. And Star Wars, Wars, yeah. I wanted to do that stuff. I wanted to be like oh, I forgot that guy's name. Back in the day there was this like industrial design looking drawings that this guy would do to design spaceships for Star Wars. Right. So in a way I was thinking, okay, this could lead to that too, you know, industrial design. Yeah. I could do I could do like prop design for space movies and whatever, you know, guns and helmets and cool cars and whatever. Yeah. But then uh, during the last bit of first semester, I still have the scarf from it. We were making uh, a 3D model out of foam core. Mm -hmm. And I sliced my finger up so bad. Yes. And this like one late night session we had, like cutting foam core, I was like... Uh, trying to cut it in foam, you know, I hadn't really cut foam core before, and yeah, you know, it takes it's, some. It's tricky. I, yeah, I mean, foam core is not I, the easiest I, thing I, to I cut. Actually, I, I, I know several ways of damaging yourself. <laughs> <when> I <go laughs> first, so. so I slice myself up. I go to the the college, just like first aid, whatever. Yeah, and they like basically bandage me up, and I think the the school nurse or something said you could get this stitched, but you know, if you don't move your hand for like a week and just keep it like clean and bandaged, you won't. So I, you won't need I had a week. Yeah, I had a week to basically think wow. and like, you know, reflect on the last four months of my life and reflect on the next. So I, I quit that school. Wow. So, so basically, slice, so basically yeah. slicing your hand open changed your life. <laughs> yeah. Like, you would not be in the park said, as a RA, I said, you know, forget the, this. I'm the famous going... subway sketcher. <laughs> <laughs> I have a scar to show. It's not that visible anymore, but you can still see it. It's like Did a, it cut through like deep? It, it went this way, Oof. and it sliced up that much of the skin. It was flapping this way, <laughs> and I cut deep enough that I could see that bone. Ooh. Oh my god. Yeah, this knuckle. Wait, what, what is that bone? Um, it doesn't matter if you memorize what that part's called, you just have to know how to draw it exactly. and how it moves. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's also nice to know what it's called. So, um, okay, so, um, so, so, so then I decided this, to. This changes your life. Yeah, you I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do round two and try out for that school again because I know I can do it. And at this point, I was. 19, I guess I was 19. Mm. And so I quit school. I got a job at some local, my friends, actually, my friend's parents' convenience store <clears throat> for my days, Monday to Friday, or Monday, yeah, I guess Monday to Saturday. And then on when Thursday nights, I would go downtown to Toronto School of Art. Uh, pretty famous place for doing life drawing, you know, open life drawing. I would go there every single week, and back then it was like ten bucks for three hours of life drawing. 
And was that a lot for you back then, as far as? Um, it wasn't. It was. It was fine. Okay. It wasn't like you know a school's like eight thousand dollar tuition or whatever. It was right. just like ten bucks a week. I yeah. get to go here, uh, you know, with a fresh pad of newsprint, with a drawing pad and some charcoal and Conte, <clears throat> and practice basically. Yeah. And I got to know a lot of the people there, and really ever since then I never stopped going for until the entire my entire life after that in Toronto I went almost every single week wow. to that to Toronto School of Art because um, I just love life drawing newsprint oh. newsprint and charcoal well, and, you see, and you still do yeah 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 I feel like you see, you, like like you still go to the, you know do life drawing whenever you can yeah. and drink beer and drink beer yeah, yeah. so drink and draws yes. are perfect uh, Guna yeah. is the king of drink and draw I mean it's nice to go to, to Drink and Draw and know the regulars. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. like, where everybody knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> and they have beer. Yeah. You know? And all the models, too. Most of the models, like, I've, I know. Right. I've seen them so many times. Any particular beer that attracts you? Any particular beer? Yeah. Uh, well, they started it's a, off. It's a drawing beer. <laughs> drink and, yeah. Well, Drink and Draw started off with PBRs. Really? Back in the day. That's because it's a cheap from beer Brooklyn. You can get. Yeah. <laughs> but now they have a sponsorship from Brooklyn Brewery. Really? Yeah. Wow. Or like a discount sponsorship, whatever. So if, if we, ju- if we just kept doing our so so a few years ago, uh, me and Tan hosted um, kind of drawing, drinking, and reading each other's bad bad prose out loud <laughs> um, parties every Sunday for like a year and a half. That's how this whole thing started. That is how this whole, this whole podcast started. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. then. Uh, but but yeah, if we just kept going, we would have a beer sponsorship by now. <laughs> yeah, right. And just yeah. a lesson for the kids. Okay, so um, so so so, so, I, so I take it you applied to Sheridan again, and I applied to Sheridan again. I worked harder on uh, the portfolio pieces that I felt, and I, I I believe I feel like they gave some good reviews too. Like they gave some notes on what I could improve on. Mm. And so I went back and redid a couple of the portfolio pieces, right. but the pieces I felt that were still okay, I think I left a couple in there from the year prior. And then the second time around, it felt really like a breeze. I just like made it into the program. Wow. And um, I had already, <clears throat> through going to Life Trying and through visiting the school and all this stuff, I had already made some friends that were there mm-hmm. and that I was entering that year with. Right. And so it was a really nice transition. It's a really amazing, it was a really amazing time, I think, of like, you know, you hear about, we, you know, I would hear about these schools like Ringling and like Cal Arts and um, schools that really had this community of people that really, really, really worked hard together. Yeah. And it felt like Sheridan was like that. And so the studios were 24 hours. Maybe it wasn't 24 hours, and we, like, petitioned for it, and we got them to stay open 24 hours. And we li- I lived across the street from the school, so we would just oh, be perfect. at school every right. day, go home, sleep, barely take a shower, barely eat anything, go back to school, that's... you know, and just stay there for, like, 
you know, 18 hours at a time and just draw. And that's that's wow. how you learn. I, yeah, I, I used to sleep under yeah. a heat lamp in the fine arts center of my, yeah, yeah. Like my school, like the heat lamps the models had, because I yeah. didn't want to make the 15-minute trek up the hill yeah. to, you know, back up to my dorm. Yeah. That's what it takes. Yeah. You want to be good. And that school provides, and still to this day, provides uh, up to three life-drawing sessions open for their students every single night of the week. Wow. That is awesome. They, they so must have an amazing go and, model budget. They have an entire department uh, for model coordination. Wow. For photography, illustration, um, sculpting, and animation. And so they would have, and art fundamentals. Wow. So it's like the foundation course where you, right. everyone needs to take that one year. Yeah. And then they get to go up to the animation course. Uh, or illustration course, or graphic design, like whichever so, one. So at this right. point, you think you're, you, you know, you're going to life drawing, but you think you're that you're going to become an animator and and work on Star Wars. Is that correct? Or the, uh, or, <laughs> well, or, or you is know, it, or, or is a sort of, cr- of the fine art creeping in? And the, the realization of my denial <laughs> uh, set in. Fairly soon, fairly early into uh, that school career, after I completed the first year, it's a three-year program, right? And you know, I meet all my friends. Everything's so fun. I'm like getting better at drawing little by little. Um, and every student has a review at the end of first year. They meet their um, teachers. They all sit in this little theater mm-hmm. in a row, the front row, all the teachers, coordinators there, all my teachers. And then every once in a while, some of the teachers that teach in the second year and then the third year, they would sit in because they're sort of like the head of that department or something. They would like. So your job at, at the end of the year is to print out or to bring in a presentation of your work that you completed in your first year and you present it to them and you're sort of in front of everyone. And you're showing your work and you're handing out your work and putting your work on the floor, on the wall. And they, they just kept saying, every single one kept saying, um, you know, if you would like, you could, we could just, you know, you could go to the illustration program. Because it looks really, seems like you will fit more in the illustration department mm. than staying here in the animation department. And as stubborn as I was, I thought to myself, you know, illustration department doesn't teach drawing as intensely as the animation department teaches it. Right. Because the animation department teaches anatomy, structure, perspective, like form, all that stuff really intensely. Isn't that funny how the closer you get to fine art, to, to actual painting, the less they're teaching you that stuff in most cases? It is, because stuff? it's more like, I don't know, seem, it's seemingly more expressive than structural uh, well, well I, I, th- I think there's just kind of like a, like like I think fine art or, or painting specifically is just kind of more deregulated like in, right. you know, in most schools you can just do anything right. and as long as you express yourself with illustration right. you need more structure and actually in animation apparently you need even, even more, more huh? right you do because you have to move stuff <clears throat> and remember this is oh man I'm gonna how old are you? <laughs> so you guys are, yeah. You guys are, are we the same, same age? age as you? Yeah. I'm, so, I'm 30, so, yeah, 36? Yep. 
Yeah, I'm I'm older than you. You're 36. Yeah. Yeah, I'm older than you guys. Really? <laughs> really? Okay. I, was, I always thought you were younger because yeah. I think you were in Maya's class. Uh, I was actually I was before Maya was uh, the fellow after me. Um, before it, me, before um, my year, whatever. So she was fellow when I was in second year, I think. Uh, all right. Yeah, but in in, in any case, that in was, any like, case, that was yeah. I'm years aging after. myself here. But when I was at Sheridan, computer animation was not the regular norm in the industry. Um, drawing was still the dominant um, knowledge base for good animation. I mean, I, I mean, it still is, but a lot of people don't think of it as much because they feel like, oh, the, the programs are so convenient that you, know, you don't have to actually learn how to draw with paper and charcoal right. or Conte, mm-hmm. you know? But it's like, but you do. Because Definitely. not not only do you need to, like, if you don't know how to draw on paper, then your animations on film or on, or on, on the screen really aren't going to be, like, as fluid as, as they can be. You know, because drawing, life drawing connects you to the actual, like, line that you're being creating, that you're creating. Like, it's coming off the tip of your your hand and it's like connected to your body and your brain whereas a computer it's like it's all visual and mental and sort of like calculative like it's also a disconnect depending on what's what sort of thing you're using if you're using the Wacom board you, you're drawing yeah. down here but then you have to look at but the even screen. the Cintiq even the Cintiq if you're like even making the, that line even Apple Pencil yeah, yeah, it's not the same. No, it's not. It'll never be the same. It's not the same because that tactile feeling of the edge of your tool, like you know, gliding across that piece of paper. Yep. Computer cannot replicate that feeling. Nope. No matter what, uh-huh. for the rest of eternal time, yeah. the computer will never be able to replicate that. Nope. You know. Uh-huh. So, so you stayed in animation. So I wanted to learn how to draw really well, and if. That was the case. So, my, for for that example, if that was the case today, I don't know. I mean, the level of life drawing education that that school was providing was just so, like, so good, so desirable to me. And how did you wind up? So, um, so, so, so we met through the New York Academy of Art, uh-huh. and which which is a fine art school. So how did you wind up there with, with kind of your, you know, after your industrial yeah. design pass and your, you know, your, your well, animation yeah, background? I, um, I went to, so did, did you slice teaching. another finger open? At the, no, or, uh, well, actually, <laughs> actually, funny, funnily enough, actually, that school I sliced my finger open too. Um, and, 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 and during that week, um, you, um, you, had, you had another change of heart? Or? So I'll, I'll try to quickly tell you guys this story because in life drawing, like I said, they had three options of life drawing, open life drawing every you, single night. You sliced your finger open during life drawing? During life drawing. So I would, I would go every night. Sharpening a pencil? You know? No? No. Newsprint is, is very smooth. Yes. At least the newsprint that I was get using at the time. Very smooth. And I used to use this pencil a lot. Okay. This is the... Could you explain it just for people? Pit oil-based extra soft from Faber-Castell. Okay. So amazing. I mean, you, you know these yeah, pencils. I, this is, it's like kind I of like... What, I can't do what you do. Slightly oil-based, yeah. so it's smooth. Yeah. And it's and like it waxy. Really it can get really dark, too. Nice. So I would do gestures with this. I would hold it like this. 
Right. And, so, and even when I held like Conte, I would hold Conte or charcoal like this. So I would, I would gauge the, pr the distance and pressure of my grip from the paper with these, two, these three fingernails. I would, so the board is up like this, right? Right. And I would have my fingers here. Yeah. And I would sort of like use these as springs almost. Mm. And okay. I'd do this. So as I was... Uh, so it's, 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 it, uh, see? Now I'm yeah. regretting see what I'm that we, we don't have this on video, but Gunu's demonstrating his, uh, <laughs> see his how I'm See how I'm like, you know, grazing the tops of my fingernails on the paper? Yep. So if you do this long enough, you're going to wear out your nail. Ah. So much so that at one point, it got the, to the final thinnest layer of nail, and it just broke open <laughs> and I just saw this line of blood splash on my paper oh, I was like oh what the fuck was that <laughs> and I looked and I was bleeding from two fingers two oh, of my man. fingernails had broke through not broken but like like wore wore, wore through, through. Oh, damn. and I was like oh my god this how is how do you not feel that like during the well, uh, at the same time I know because you don't expect it to happen you, you and also the... yeah right. also at the same time the more you graze your fingernail it sort of becomes numb Mm. After a while, because you're like killing all the nerves. Yeah, just rubbing it. Vibration, I guess. Yeah. Slight, slight vibration. Goodness, this is wow. absolutely so disgusting. That was my next time. This is, this is much worse than your description of dissecting a cadaver, because you know hey, we were talking before I, the, a little bit before I, we started. The story's not done. <laughs> I I, I bandaged that those two fingers up. Yeah, and went back to drawing. Wow, you know, and drew, 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 drew. Next day, bandaged it up again, like new bandage. Drew, 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 and then I think it was like the next day after that, I kept going and going and going, and it had, I think it was a day where I had like three, like nine hours of life drawing in one wow. day, and by the end of the day, it happened again. It, it filed through the bandage. Oh, my God. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> la ladies, ladies and gentlemen, who create a survival. And then I felt that, <laughs> that I felt that like skin again. I was like, oh shh, I gotta like bandage this up like something really strong. You yeah. Know? So I would like figure out new ways to draw, and then I would draw with my left hand, and I had a lot of fun drawing with my left hand because everyone should draw with their opposite hand. Yes. Right. It's you guys, fun. you guys have done that. Yep. That's always an amazing experience. Yeah. So the takeaway from hated, this, I hated it. I, I can barely, you know, I, I can barely draw with my, my good hand. You think you've drawing enough? You 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 think you've been drawing enough? You obviously haven't um, until, until, until worn you wore yeah. <laughs> Not only not only your skin, but the bandage that you use to yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's what it takes. Creative Survival Podcast. If you want to survive creatively, your fingers have got to move. I mean, you know what? I think I'm, I'm sort of like a hard-headed person, and that's what it took for me to actually... Stop for a sec? You know... Until your fingernails grew back. <laughs> no, to actually learn and to actually get good at something. Wow. You know? Um, or, or actually start to actually realize how this is, how to do it. I'm making fun of you, but from but but basically, I have this this thing here, which is basically like on my hand, which is basically a benign tumor from um, no. like from drawing, like from 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 doing this all the time, like oh, like no. I did something that um, like is it me, painful? 
Is it like um, carpal tunnel or something? Uh, no, it's not carpal tunnel. It's painful when it grows, but it, it doesn't really, like, it's growing very, very it's slowly. It's strange, because I have the same one. It's but a benign tumor. You're drawing enough. You've got I, a tumor. No, it's not from that, though. I, I got it through a wrestling class. I, oh. I, we sma I smashed it against a are you, weight. Are you, are you sure? Because I'm, pr I'm pretty, like, I've talked to a few other. Like, no, no, this, I, this I'm pretty, pretty sure, common. because the thing, like, um, on. It feels like a bone. I call it the painting bone. Is it, is it going to hurt? Probably, no. No, it's not going to hurt. It feels like a bone. Like, oh, so and it doesn't so move a, around? Uh, no, it's a, so, it's a, so it feels like a bone, but apparently it's like... A, like, <coughs> like, so, it's like, like it it's feels like it's a, part of the bone. It's cartilage. Uh, um, sorry, we're, 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 we're still in Buna's... By the way, we're yeah. still in Buna's college years. And, yeah. um, so, so let's skip ahead Okay, let's skip. Let's skip a lot ahead. Modern-day Guno. So so Guno attends the New York Academy of Art, so I feel like a few words have to be said about how he ended up there. Yes, and the um, transition from Toronto to New York, like, yeah. that's a huge thing. Were, yeah, so... You, were you supported, or... When like, I how was... How did you make it work? Like, New York yes. is so, like, some, I mean, expensive and not particularly, like, like yeah. friendly at first uh, until, yeah. until you get used to it. Yeah. Um, I moved to New York when I was 30, actually. So I'm 38. And so when I turned 30... I made the decision, I thought, you know, I've been teaching life drawing at that point for like almost, what, like eight, seven years or something. Wow, okay. Um, at different animation schools, and I thought, I, you know, I need to, I love teaching, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ever stop wanting to teach, I don't think, and I always wanted to keep teaching. Right. But I felt a lack of like a true, deeper sort of um, education in fine art mm. of like history and techniques, materials, things that made history in art. Like I wanted to know about those things. Yeah. And so I enrolled at, the, at OCAT, Ontario College of Art, undergrad for fine art, for drawing and painting, um, in sort of plan to then apply for a grad school. And I wanted to go to grad school actually in Europe. That was like my initial idea. Like I would love to live like in Paris or Germany or somewhere in Germany or Austria, like those beautiful places I wanted to, because I had visited there, uh, Italy, like I, but I never um, had the opportunity to like spend more than like a few days right. in Europe I, in a city, Yeah, you know, like jumping around to different cities. And then... During my, my studies undergrad, OCAD, um, Maggie Rose, I don't know if you guys know who Maggie yeah, is. I know Maggie. One of the really familiar. beautiful cow yeah. paintings, right? Yeah. So Maggie Rose also went to OCAD, my undergrad. Okay. And she also was teaching at the time when she was going to OCAD, I think, or before OCAD. She was teaching at Sheridan College, where I also taught. Oh. So, uh, we, so what, how, how I met her was I was at OCAD one day going to, going to class, and they had this, like, grad school fair. And she had set up a table to promote New York Academy of Art as an alum of OCAD. She right. came back, and she was like, yeah, I went to, you know, New York Academy of Art, and it's a great school. And I saw, like, this pamphlet. I was like, wow, this school looks great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> looks like such a good time, and, like, beautiful campus, like, beautiful classes, nice part of the city. And I just I decided to come visit. 
after having heard of it. Right. <clears throat> so I came down to visit, went to an open house uh, with my portfolio in hand, went and drank the free coffee and you know, had the free donuts. <laughs> the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to give those to the open house tours just for the donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then after the presentation, I had a portfolio review with Harvey, <clears throat> yes. Harvey, the sculptor, head of sculpture. And he told me, um, basically, he looked, he flipped through my portfolio. I think on, on the computer, he flipped through some images. And he said, he said, uh, you're in, basically. I was like, nice. what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, huh? What? You can't say that. <laughs> He's like, he said, well, if, I think you, you know, right along the lines of what we do here. And I think if you want to come here, you'd, you'd be a good uh, candidate. I was never one to mince his words. If, if he, you know, yeah. um, he basically told it straight up. He's like, yeah, you're good enough to come here if you want. Nice. So I felt really confident yeah. and was like, oh, they seem welcoming. Maybe they're really desperate for students. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, he seemed like a nice guy. And the work that they make there seems to be really, really good. Yeah. And so... I applied and then got in right away, and that was it. I was just like, okay, family and friends in Toronto, I'm moving to New York. Wow, you know? just like that. Yeah. Um, so that decision didn't take, didn't take too long. So, um, so Guna also got, got married recently. Um, yeah. So was Lan, was it, um, were you with her already when you, when you decided no, to move? No, I met her you, here. You, you met her here? I met Lan here. All right. So I, I, I like I, I know you've been with her for a long time. So yeah. it's just like, did, were you uprooting another person? But it was, it was actually just you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just me. Yeah. Um, my, yeah. my couple of my really good friends, um, they drove down here with me to like help me move. To make sure a, that you weren't getting bullied time. your first day at the academy. <laughs> yeah, what did you what were you thinking? Uh, did you imagine it to be very difficult? What, what did you um, think? You know, what what was going through your mind when you did that move? I, you know, honestly, don't we all move with the same or like was was the same idea? Like, I'm going to make it as an artist here, or at least I, at least I was like that. I, I only yeah. realized how difficult it would be later. <laughs> I mean, I came I came with that kind of that in, in mind. But um, my, my main thought was I'm going to become the best artist that I can become here. Mm -hmm. you know? Like this is a place where I can, I think I can um, get that inspiration and have that uh, drive and have the support to try my hardest to become the best artist that I can be. You know, yeah. Um, and then throughout it all, you know, meeting all these people and meeting different artists and being exposed, there were, you know, I st and I still do. I have this these thoughts in my mind of like becoming the best this or becoming the best that, like best drawer, you know. Good, you are the best sub, <laughs> like like you are the best, the best sketcher. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're right. You made it. If yeah. I can totally, achieve, you totally. Yeah, if did I could it. achieve that, like if I if I've become the best subway dealer. <laughs> so, uh, uh, the, when did you start this world when, is when, when, uh, good. Yeah. This, this is you, a very you definitely done it. Thanks. This is very important for me. <clears throat> when, when, you know, to, to, for everyone to know this. But when did you start becoming the, the, the famous subway doodler that you are today? When, when did you start drawing uh, the, drawing on the subway? I started drawing on the subway even when I was living in Toronto. 
Really? Yeah. I have sketchbooks from like 15 years ago. The Guno subway sketchbooks are amazing because <laughs> just on the spot, he catches people, he catches the pose. Most of the time they're asleep. Does, it, does anyone ever catch you drawing them? Um, I, not by the you, subject, no. Or have you, I got, have, have I you mean, gotten good enough to... I'm sure know? I've been caught by the subject. I've, I've had looks from people. Where like I guess I would I had no idea they were looking back at me when I was like going like this and I, go, I would go like this <laughs> and, then, and then we make eye contact yeah and then I have to pretend like I'm drawing something else <laughs> no one's ever like really confronted me but oh my um, god I've totally done that where I start looking <clears throat> I start yeah. conspicuously yeah, yeah, yeah. looking in another direction yeah 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 oh, no no it's not you it's it's, yeah. it's that and, lady I'm drawing and her. like <laughs> busily like like. Sketching something and well, well actually, like, just shading their nose and not yeah. looking at yeah. the subject, making yeah. them think like, "Oh, I'm doing something else." Hoping yeah. they'll fall back asleep. <laughs> uh, but plenty of times, people next to me are watching me draw, and they like poke me. They're like, "Yo, that's good. That's good." I'm like, "Thanks, but be quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> don't, yeah, know. don't they make can't. a scene. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just let it be. You can watch, but don't, you know." <laughs> at first, it was really like uncomfortable when people watched me. I was like, "Oh, very like." I'm still not over that. Subconscious oh, about that. I, I, I got over it. So I think it's easier for me because I'm a girl and I feel like I'm a little bit less likely to be, you know, a serial killer. Um, so, uh, or, or I'm just more comfortable staring at people and making them feel uncomfortable. Perhaps. Um, so, um, so, so, so you're subway sketching. You're finishing the academy. And yeah. do, do, do you have a job with this? Like, like how, how are you surviving? Huh? Uh, well, at one point I had to start thinking about what I can do with what I can do. Like, um, have you ever considered subway, subway doodling classes? Because that would be incredible. <clears throat> no, no, I haven't. I mean, I, I, I teach. I teach several classes in the city. I teach privately. So that's something that not only sustains my life, but my sanity. And like, I just love teaching. Not that I love teaching, I just love to talk to people about drawing, you know? Um, so I teach an animation life drawing class at the Film Academy, which is almost exactly what I used to do in Toronto, teaching life drawing for animation students. That's always really fun, because um, I get to talk about the, the process of drawing and not ever need to produce a good drawing. That's not the point of animation drawing. Um, Animation drawing is like the exercise yeah. so that when you get in front of the computer to animate your character or model your character, you know how to make it look good or you know how to make it look convincing. You know, drawing class is not there to produce good-looking or polished drawings. Right. That's what I love about animation drawing. And I feel like that's where more and more my practice is leaning towards, even my sketchbooks, there was a period in my life where I took sketchbook drawing really seriously and I made a bunch of like moleskin like uh, accordion books that were like clean and like really flawless and, and, and gorgeous by and, the way so I'm, I, I have one of them right and, now um, and, and tried to make beautiful. it like a piece of art right. you know I wanted to have a sketchbook you know in a gallery displayed and you know it, it happened you know, like I had a bunch of sketchbooks and a bunch of shows. Um, Weren't these the ones we curated? Yeah, one of them were. One of them were, yeah. Yeah, I think several because you were one of the best sketchbook people that we knew. 
Thanks. Um, but then there's a point where, you know, you, you have to do more than just show work. You have to start, like, um, applying it to people's actual, like, feelings and lives and incorporate it into their world somehow. And I have to survive, too. Like, I can't just keep doodling away. I mean, I, I guess I could make a doodle and sell it for a little bit and sell a lot of them, and that could be a, a way of living. Right. Um, but I wanted to take this simple medium, paper and pen, and create something. Like, you, like you, this is a pen drawing, right? This uh, yeah. giant cat? Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Who's is this? Is, uh, who's no, is this? No, I, I can't make anything bigger than life. That's a crazy little point. thing. It, it, or a big it, thing. What's, what's crazy is that, so it's by this guy named John Haverty. Uh-huh. went to my undergrad a bunch of years after I went there. And what's crazy is that for him, this is a sketch. Um, he did it in a few hours out of his head. Wow. Uh, he makes these um, sinks that are like, I don't even know, 60 feet long wow. and take him weeks and he doesn't sleep. With a pen? Uh, yep. So, yeah, this is what I'm doing now or try, I have, have been doing these okay. bigger uh, tackling these bigger projects. You did the uh, the chimpanzee. Yeah, right. That was big, like and the huge. octopus. Uh, yeah, I, big I ape and octopus. octopus. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to take elevate, uh, you know, such a such a simple thing. Not that that was going to be my art. Like, oh, this guy's taking something every day and elevating it. Like everyone's doing that. That's yeah. what art is. Right. Taking something ordinary and making it special extraordinary yeah um but i felt like as an artist to grow myself i needed to like keep challenging myself and that was like one scale was like a way of doing it thinking about it and i realized when i started doing that it completely changed the what it represented you know like what it could represent and what it was creating mm-hmm. was completely bigger than any sketchbook piece of paper um, no matter how big the sketchbook was you know when you do a six foot or seven foot or eight foot drawing with something as small as the tip of a pen it changes you a little bit I think it like makes you grow a little bit um, so I'm doing more of those out, again, just figure out how to solve problems yeah because, solve problems uh, that that you can't solve with just a, a little twist of your wrist you have to like use your whole body yeah. to get into it totally and it that. takes way longer and so it's like a physical feat as well yeah. so yeah. You, you teach classes at the Museum of Natural History too correct? The, that's, the, the so the New York Academy of Art CE classes I teach there um, and yeah. what's the, I mean there you must have people just hordes of people kind of hovering over your shoulder watching you kind of how, how to not really it really? Is no. It, I, feel like I mean, the number of so students have been growing over the years, that's for sure. And the number <clears throat> of students that, the same students that repeat and come back every semester have been growing too. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always wanted to take that class, by the way. Oh. I, I yeah, you should come by. You don't even have, you should just come by one of the, as a guest artist and they can like watch you draw. <laughs> they would uh, love that. Ex- ex- except, I would feel like I, you know, I, I'd have to be as good as you, and you know. She's always saying this stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
Which makes me sick. That's <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> your modesty is, is old, I, I, old school, old I'm, news now. I'm, you can, you can, be, you can that, be proud of I'm your not talent. not that modest. I actually just can't draw as well as, 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 well as you can. No, um, you can't. You can't. On, on the other hand, I like knowing them, knowing them around people who draw better than me because it makes, makes like every time I see your sketchbook mm. uh, or Nico's, um, there's a few, you know, a few mm. more sketchbook artists. I'm like, all right, I, I like, like I've got to get my shit together. I want to be this good one day. Oh, well, let me break it to you. You, you are. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm different. I can't, I can't, I can't do what you. We're do. all good at what we do. I think. Uh-huh. Um, you know, otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. So here's you know? a question for you. So you, um, congratulations on your, your marriage. Um, how Thank do, you. Um, how do you kind of, so you're teaching at a bunch of places, you're making your own work, you're still sketching. How do you kind of balance your, your home life with that? Is, is there a balance? Well, I just moved the studio home. That's, <laughs> that helps a lot. Um, yeah, having, what was your day like before that? Because I, I always imagine that you were working full-time on so many different projects because I would it's because you know it was incredibly prolific right because mm-hmm. you were doing the video thing for the academy and then you're teaching like and then you're just producing all these drawings how do how did you how do you manage your time so that you could um, well once every few that. years she slices his hand open I sleep man I used to not. Two sleep. hours. <laughs> I used to sleep not, not. I used to not sleep that much when I was younger, and I feel like some, these days I'm making up for it. Mm. Um, so I have a good eight-hour sleep every night. Really? Yeah. But a lot of times I go to bed at like uh, crazy hours because yeah. I'd be I'd be up drawing all night. If I know I don't have to wake up the next day, right before noon, then I'm good to go like all night. You know, till the sun comes up. Wow. And um, you consider yourself like a full-time artist now, as a full-time drawer? Yeah. Because you have, you teaching at the academy for the Natural History Museum, and then what, what else are you doing? New York Film Academy. New York Film Academy. Yeah. And I have a private student. Private students, okay. Yeah. And yeah. those things are just keeping you going. Uh, and I, well, the one of the biggest things that's keeping me going, fortunately, is is... Selling my drawings. Nice. Yeah. And you recently did the, uh, you had a show at the Brooklyn Museum with uh, Iggy Pop. Yeah, that was huge. last, the early this, early so this. So Guna, Guna drew Iggy Pop. I feel like we so should, cool. we should at least, you know, I know you yeah. don't have much time left, but uh, come on, everyone wants to hear about you drawing Iggy Pop. Yeah. So what, what, what That's happened? kind of old news now, no? It's, uh, it's come down, but they're going to tour that show. Um, it was up for like almost a year. Oh no, it was up for more than a year at the yeah. Brooklyn Museum. They extended it. I saw it. that. Yeah. <clears throat> it was amazing. Really cool. It was amazing to be invited to to be part of it. Right. And so, so, so what happened? To meet did, him. Did, out of the blue, did Iggy Pop contact you? And this? No, it was Michael Grimaldi. Um, did you guys ever have him? Uh, no. He's the head no, of he's I, the head of drawing now I, at the academy. I love his work. Yeah, his his work is amazing. Um, so he was contacted as the head of the drawing department for the academy by um, Jeremy Deller, basically the artist that was organizing this thing, mm. Iggy Pop Life Class. They needed to uh, basically hire, no, not hire, ask 21 artists who were 
living and working in the New York area to come for and participate in a life drawing class where at first they didn't tell us who the model was. They mm-hmm. said, would you be, you know, it's going to be displayed at the Brooklyn Museum, it's going to be published in a catalog, a book. We were like, fuck, that's enough. Sure, yeah. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so they also Kevin, wanted people from... We had from a dragon for a model and you can... <laughs> all types of uh, levels of uh, artists. Right. So there was someone who was like 18 years old who had only really drawn a few times that, like, or taken, taken a few classes and aren't really that much an artist. Right. And then there was someone who was like Michael Grimaldi, who was a head of the drawing department at a, at a school and is really accomplished. And everyone in between. There was someone who was like 80 years old, I think. Someone wow. who was like 20 years old. And so we got to draw Iggy for a couple, a good solid couple of hours. Yeah, wow. right there. Fully nude, you know? Yeah, so it was cool. amazing. It was amazing to have... Uh, like, his energy is crazy. It's I like imagine. he has this really heavy sort of like... Like, I don't know, very like calming peaceful sort of presence to him mm. nice guy really nice guy he would walk around during the break time to like say hi to people and like, which uh, really reminds nice. me so you have a collector in Mexico oh. that you went to <clears throat> how, well how I guess you, you can call him a collector but um, because he they own they own a bunch of my work of my drawings but um, they're like family now they're like almost almost family you know, basic. They're basically family. Right. They became my patrons um, during my first year at the academy. Oh wow! Okay. They bought a big piece of drawing that I did to put up in their Mexico City apartment. So we've we've been friends for a long time. Um, we've done a lot of projects together. I just finished another project for them for some, not for some, for uh, an invitation for their annual. Uh, holiday party that they throw for their friends and their clients. So this year the theme is uh, um, Sexy Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Santa is sailing um, to town. For for, for all of you who who aren't seeing this, it's it's a very good drawing. You're right, you're right. Maybe after after the party. It's it's a beautiful line drawing of Sexy Santa. It's also very funny. Sexy Santa sailing to town. Santa sailing to town. So they, yeah, we've been we've been friends since two thousand nine. Ever since like the first few months I moved here, I met them, uh-huh. and so ever since then I've, we've been friends. I've been helping them, but really they've been helping me right. like way more with just being an artist, being a human being, like all that good stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, so we they have a, an apartment in Mexico City, and we were going there for our friend's wedding. Mm. Me, Lon, a bunch of our friends from here from New York, and two of our friends were staying with us at their apartment. That's Stephen and James's apartment. Right. So from the airport to the apartment, it's like a, you know, with a little bit of traffic, it's probably like not even a 25-minute drive. You know? and so we get in the cab. From the airport, we get an airport taxi like registered airport taxi with all the stickers and labels or whatever. 
uh, and then we set off to get back to the apartment, um, and literally five minutes before we arrive, we broad daylight. It's like the sun is like high up in the sky, sunny, nice day. Everyone's outside. Our windows are rolled down. We're enjoying the air. Yeah. And we stop at a stoplight. Bunch of cars ahead of us, and it was one of those big suburban taxis. Mm-hmm. So it had the back, the rear door, right, and then a bench, and then another bench in the back. But in order to get to the back bench, you have to like pull the seat, the middle bench seat, and then you have to like hop over that and then right. close the seat. So they're sort of caged in there. Okay. So Lon and our friend Maya, yeah. she was in the back. They were in the back. And me and Mike, Maya's husband, mm-hmm. and me, we were in the middle okay. where the door was. Right. And then the driver was up front. And so we're driving along. Our luggage is in the trunk. I have all my important stuff in my bag by my feet. Mike has his backpack by his feet. The, the two ladies have their purses or bags with them, too, right. or personal things. So we stop at a light, and... To the left, I see this guy walk up to the driver window, driver's window, and say something in Spanish. And because we've seen this before, we thought, oh, they're just maybe they're selling stuff on the street. Right. Until he pulled this knife and put it to the driver's neck. Oh my god! And started yelling uh, in Spanish, and then he started yelling in English like wallets and like money, like jewelry. Like he started saying these words. Like, oh, shit. And, like, and you're like, but we're just heading from the airport. We don't have <clears> it. We, we didn't bring our jewel. We didn't bring our family jewels. You know? And so we're just... We didn't have a chance to stop by an ATM. Yeah. We're, we're sort of like, what do we do? There's right. only one guy. And then there's cars in front of us still. Oh, so, so you can jam. Okay. Yeah, there's there's right. traffic. So there's no escape. But at one point... With the knife to the driver's neck, this guy reaches in and he manages to turn the car off. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so that we couldn't, like, roll the windows up or lock the, you know. Right. And so, and he reached in and he kept, he had his finger on the unlock button on the oh, wow. driver's neck. So even if we tried to lock. He couldn't. So two other guys now are on my door. And, and they open. are pros. And they open my door. Wow. Okay. And the two guys are just starting to reach in and grab whatever they can grab. So I grab my bag. My because you've got your zebra pens in there. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got my pens. And my, I have my pencil case. I have my sketchbook. I have my phone. I have my keys, house keys in New York. I have my apartment keys for the Mexico City apartment. Yikes. I have my passport. I have my, my everything Okay. in that bag. Right. This, uh, this actual bag, actually, we, I had to purchase the same bag again because I felt like I need to, you know, I can't let these guys win. I got to go back to New York and buy that same exact bag and have it again, you know. Um, so actually, Lon bought it for me. <laughs> um, they took everything. They started really? punching, oh my God, they, they they started punching me in the face. Oh, man. It was two guys, I mean, it's two guys on me. I can't right. do anything. What about the, the guy next to you? So the guy next to me, then now, the driver's, I guess the key is somewhere, like threw it on the floor or something, so he can't really, like, drive, I guess, at this right. point, yeah. in the car. So he has taken the driver's phone, he comes back, and Mike's window, 
is rolled down. So yeah. he comes back to Mike's window, starts like poking him with a knife oh, behind his back. Right. And I'm looking at Mike, and I'm looking at these two guys. I'm like, I better not yeah. fight because right. someone can get hurt here, you know. Yeah. And so the girls in the back, they're screaming. Like uh, Maya knows a little English or Spanish, right? So she starts yelling stuff in Spanish to them, and Lon's just screaming, and like. Ten seconds later, they were just gone, and my bag was gone, Damn. and Mike's bag was gone, and I had Lon and I weren't married at the time, right, or engaged, yeah. But I had this gold ring that I had from like years ago. My mom gave it to me, and he was able to like pull it out of my finger. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so sorry. That he grabbed weird. my. He saw this little metal thing, and he yeah. grabbed my finger. And if I had struggled to hold it, he would have broken my finger. Oh, man. And so he just like yanked it out of my finger. I was like, oh my God, these guys are getting in there. Yeah. You know? Holy cow. Damn. So after the wedding, I had to, Lon and I, we had to, you know, delay our flight, explain the situation. Right. The, the airline said, well, if you provide us with all the paperwork that, you know, police report and all that stuff that was stolen then, you know, we won't charge you extra for the plane, like, whatever. Where were the police when all so this happening? So, we, everything happened. Now the traffic's open, wide open. Right. No one. So, we're, like, panicking. We drive, like, not even a block, and there's two cops there. Wow. And so the driver explains something to them in Spanish, and then they guide us to, like, drive a little more around the corner over there. And we drive over, and there's like ten cops wow. there, just on the street. We're like, where were you guys when all this yeah. was going down? You know. And so he explains it, and she, Maya, because she speaks Spanish. We're all panicking at this point, and she's explaining like, can you find these guys? Can you find them? Basically, they're like, you can't find them. How can you find them? There's a million people probably living right here, you right. know. And if they run into one of these buildings, you, you know, where are you gonna go? How are you gonna find them? Right. Do you remember what they look like? Like, well, they look like Mexican guys. Look <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else. You yeah. know? So mm. they don't really try much in trying to find anybody. So we get taken to the tourism police station. There's a whole police station dedicated to tourists. To, to, to people who, yeah, get to mugged. tourists mugged, getting, getting mugged to them. Wow. Ten minutes so we, into being, you know, landing and yeah, we tell them the whole story. They write it down. They make a report. It takes like fuck four hours or something. We sit there. We're starving. We're even further away from the apartment now, right? Because we were in this. T- we got driven around in this tiny cop car through all this traffic, and they dropped us off there. And luckily, Stephen and James, they have a really good friend that lives one apartment below them. Yeah. Um, and he's from New Jersey, right? And I know him because I've, you know, been been there many times, and I've spent lots of time with him. Yeah. So I gave him a call, and he was freaking out. He's like, "No way, whatever, whatever." And he knows a bunch of people in the in the uh, police mm-hmm. in Mexico, and he knows some like American like FBI guy who's in Mexico to like to consult the police department about this and that, about just exactly this. He's like. There's so much crime happening in the city. Like, Mexico's doing all this stuff. This is perfect. We're like, okay, 
just calm down. Yeah. What, you know, you know, we'll, we just want to like be safe, right. be comfortable, figure out how we're going to get my passport back, you know, yes. my Absolutely. visa. Because I was, yeah, keys and all how this much stuff. Are, I'm just thinking sketchbook. Yeah. How, much, how much stuff? Actually, my sketchbook was fairly new. Okay, okay, time. okay. Uh, that that so, makes me so, feel a lot better. Yeah, better, I, I only think. lost like five pages. Okay, yeah. that's not it's not that bad, but yeah. even those so, five pages was like a was like a beginning of a birth, you know. Like you know, yeah. when you start a sketchbook, you you have this excitement. You know? yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, just bought that book like a week ago. Right, yeah. but at least it wasn't anything like you know. Yeah, I think if it was if it was one of your finished sketchbooks, it would have broken my heart. Uh, I know. Um, so if. Um, if if you let's say we're cutting some foam core um, <laughs> right now and and you know at, at my place I always need foam core yeah um, actually I have one of Guna's drawing with shards of glass that where Uh-oh. the frame broke so that's where I'm going to tonight cut my- <laughs> you, you could potentially cut your hand open tonight what, what, what do you and and have a week or so to kind of heal and reflect yeah. uh, what what do you think you could you know kind of where would you want your life to go from here. Uh. Yeah, that's tough. That's the biggest, that's the toughest question, right? You're, do, you're doing what you love? Um, is there anything I mean, I'm doing do? what I love. I just married someone I love. and Life, I, I wouldn't wish for anything. Yeah, life is... You have a cool dog. Our uh, dog is awesome. He's on Instagram. Yeah, he's on Instagram. <laughs> We're all on Instagram. Instagram is, you know, is what keeps us... Uh, connected, I guess. Um, um, I don't know. I guess to never stop. My my goal has never stopped, never changed. Mm. You know, is to. I, I'm the happiest person if I don't have to worry about having. You know, living life and drawing every day. If I can be comfortable, happy, healthy, and draw every single day of my life, I'm like the happiest person that you've ever met. You know? What else, that already, so <laughs> what else can you ask for, you know? Yeah. Like drawing every day. People, are, are, people are, are asking you for drawings and they're giving you money for it. Like, um, what I know, more so it's, it's amazing, which, which allows you to basically make more drawings. So. Yeah. Um, I, don't yeah. Need to, I don't need to make a million dollars a year. Yeah, Guna, thank you so much for like you know you do so, you do so much stuff like you you make drawings you make videos you teach thank you so you know thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Um, this is uh, this is like a highlight highlight of, of of my life to be doing this stuff with you guys. Well, um, let me you guys inspire me. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is inspiring. Let me get your drawing from uh, oh, under the bed so right. you can cut your hand open. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to the Arc Rhyme Podcast. Rate and review us on Apple Podcast. Also, we're on Instagram at Arc Grime Podcast. You can leave comments on the thread or DM us there. We usually see them. Also, Facebook, we're at Arc Grime Podcast. You can uh, leave comments, future questions for our guests and such there. Our website is at artgrindpodcast.com definitely go there for the beautiful images that we post of the artist and don't be shy to donate us money so we could buy some really good booze for the guests (laughs) (laughs) thanks everyone Bye. bye